Welcome to season four of The Blunderbuss, Australia's best bus on which to talk about leadership failure. My name is Edward Vaughan. Join me as I travel far and wide on my special bus, The Blunderbuss, and have honest conversations with great leaders about some of their greatest leadership disasters. On The Blunderbuss, we think it's possible to learn more from your moments of failure than your moments of success if you know the magic secret. And we also know that failure can be fun, especially other people's. If you've been enjoying the blunderbuss, maybe you'd like to share the podcast with someone you know. Why blunder alone when you can blunder with a friend? The blunderbuss has had over four and a half thousand downloads and is now the world's most popular podcast about leadership failure recorded on a bus in the Southern Hemisphere. Today's episode is sponsored by City to City, their Revitalise Australia project. It's an ambitious attempt to see health and life breathe back into thousands of churches all around this country, churches that are not reaching their gospel potential. So go to city2cityaustralia.org.au and click on the Revitalise Australia tab to find out more. So today, the blunderbuss has travelled across the country, across the Nullarbor Plains, to Perth, where Mark McGowan greeted me at the border, personally unlocked the padlock to let me into the state. And we are talking to James Duff, Senior Pastor at the Common in Willoughby, near Frio, and who also works with City to City as the Perth Catalyst. G'day, James. G'day, Ed. Lovely to be on the lovely to be on the (laughs) lovely to be on the bus and to blunder with a friend. I like that. Good, 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 good. So, so James, have you ever made a leadership mistake? uh, Plenty. Uh, Actually, Ed, I'd I'd say I'm actually overqualified. (laughs) Overqualified. (laughs) Overqualified, indeed. I'm. uh, I'm an expert. I'm your oh, man. Okay. If you want someone, if you want someone to talk to about <laughs> blunders uh, in Perth, uh, I'm I'm your man. Yeah, mate. Right. Plenty. Yes, right. that is yeah. that is so good. You you are on the right bus. Mm. Yes, it's very comfy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a, a comfortable bus. Hey, um, yes. so uh, what do you want to tell us about? Well, there's plenty that I, as I said, I've made so many, Ed, and and I think that I ended up thinking about probably the one that caused me the most pain. Okay, uh, and we, that, we love pain, yeah, so, especially other people's, James. Yeah, that's right. I had to, this was a um, this happened to me, and and people were affected because of it uh, about well, nearly ten years ago now, Ed. Okay, I yeah, um, I, well, I think probably the most simple way of explaining it was I had a breakdown. I'd been oh. in ministry for five or six years from in terms of a ordained i was an ordained minister in melbourne and after about five or six years of being in that role as an associate minister i um i fell apart and it wasn't um yeah, it was a pretty tough tough time uh i spent uh it would have been close to six months in bed mm. um it was um very hard on my family um my wife was uh, Jane was amazing during that period, and um, under God, uh, He used her very powerfully to be able to, I suppose, nurse me back into a place of of health. Um, my boys were young at the time. I've got three sons. Uh, we just had our third child, actually. Uh, he's now he's now ten, so it'd be ten years ago. Uh, my older two boys were only young, eight and six, so they mm-hmm. weren't, didn't really know what was going on, I suppose, um, but knew something was, wasn't was right. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so that was probably that was the the, the hardest time for me, uh, and I think it was probably a number of uh, factors that caused that. Mm. Uh, plenty of them being my 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 own mistakes, sin, yeah, uh, problems, issues um, that I wasn't um, working through well. So, so tell us what happened, James. How did you get into this place of breakdown? Yeah, it's some of it is still a mystery, Ed, and that's actually one of the hard, difficult things. It's actually trying to uh, pinpoint it exactly. I, I, I feel like it's an iceberg, and it's just got heaps of different. Uh, but underneath the surface, it's just mm. it's tangled. It's a tangled web, uh, really. Um, but I think some of the big things that I can really think about is that I probably that some simple factors were that I work, was working very hard. Mm. Um, I, um, but I think probably also one of the big factors was that I some of the idols of wanting to be a success, yes. uh, wanting to be uh, known as a success and as a, a good at what I do. Uh, was driving that. Um, and then I think also I had some some deep fears um, that were the opposite of that, of actually being being lost and not knowing, not no one knowing me um, uh, and, and things like that. So that, that sort of started to play over. Well, I don't even know if I knew it was actually happening in one sense, but I'm but, – on reflection, I think that that's what was going on. And it actually ended up being, this is, I don't often tell people about this, so maybe four and a half thousand people are about to find out about it. <laughs> um, I, I, I was wrestling with some apologetics as well okay. uh, around about who God was. Yes. Uh, was he good? Was he who he said he was? Was he even real? Yes. And those fears to me, because I... Because God so loves me, and I really have always known that there is a God, um, and I love Jesus deeply. That was my greatest love. My fear was that I would lose Him. Yes, and that was also that was also playing out. And so, uh, why that why that was the case? I mean, I've had a fair bit of counselling around this, um, uh, and I think it's a myriad of factors. But they were the sort of things that I was thinking about, and yes. so it was. I felt like I was spiraling out of control. And if I was thinking these things and how, how could I be a minister and maybe yes. I couldn't be in ministry anymore. So what does that mean for my family? It just awfulized it over and over and over uh, until I was nearly paralyzed by it. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough, really tough time. Sounds a really tough time. Did, did the people yeah. around you, see this coming do you think mm, i don't think so mm. uh, most people see me as a you know whenever i do these personality types or you know myers briggs or whatever you know these sort of things that we do these i end up being one of the big things is that i'm i'm, I'm an optimist i'm okay. a high and that may be one of the reasons why yeah. um i'm i'm pretty positive pretty positive guy so when things go wrong uh, I had to learn very quickly that uh, how to deal with that and and deal with that from a healthy perspective. Uh, language that I'd use is from sort of the gospel renewal perspective and and not through um, hard work or just pushing it down and forgetting and moving on and you know, tough 
you know, just getting on with stuff. Uh, so that's a phrase um, that we use in city to city, isn't it? That comes from from Tim Keller's work, the you know, the gospel renewal. What do you mean yeah. by that? For the, for our listeners who may not be sure. familiar with with city to city kind of language, yeah, 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 sure. What do sure. you mean by that? Uh, well, I just think that what I mean is by that is the the gospel of grace, uh, and so that uh, the gospel is not a is not a simple thing, but it affects everything. And so being able to see things through that lens and be renewed by the truth of the gospel, which is a complex thing, yes. uh, there's, it affects, uh, however, it, it affects everything. And so it's almost like, I mean, the, the Puritan type of thing of preaching the gospel to yourself daily, yes. uh, that type of thing is, has really been a mark in, in my life that I've, uh, grown in, especially since I've had more to do with city to city and mm. uh, that type of thing. Or the, uh, the language, maybe it wasn't always a, a new thing, but it's definitely been putting some language on it and uh, that makes it more understandable for uh, and easier to sort of process. Yeah. And James, I I imagine that in the the period of time leading up to you know this this breakdown, you, mm. you didn't have a lot of support around you. Um, yeah, funny. That's a good question, Ed. It's, I mean, I am forgetting a little bit of it now, <laughs> believe it or not, being 10 years ago and I've moved mm. state since then and, and sort of made a fresh start, so to speak. Uh, I, I think I did. I, I had some support, but I was actually ashamed of thinking that about these questions about God. Yes. And so, um, and when I did share it, once I was really in the the throes of spiraling down with anxiety, really, um, it, it was very hard to talk about it, and then for people to understand me, and so that right. would only make the the spiral worse. Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden, you're saying these things, you're thinking these things about God, uh, yet you're uh, you're supposed to be a minister, and no wonder you feeling terrible you know right. type of thing and right. it I, yeah so and maybe maybe people weren't saying that but maybe that was just how i perceived it yes uh, hard to tell yeah. um but yeah so and i actually there was a guy a bit of a call out to him whether he listens or not there's a guy called dave wilson who's a, a sort of a well-known guy in melbourne who's uh, uh, done a lot of counseling mm. who for free uh I used to see me and catch up with me and almost take a phone call at any time. Uh, and he had a lot to do with me just being able to find some solid ground again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was very helpful. Bless him. So what was it that kind of got you back on your feet? Well, I mean, the easy answer is that it was God. But under, under God, um, we ended up, uh, during all of this time, just before it sort of happened, I'd accepted a job over here in Perth, actually. and uh we'd had come over and had a look actually it was interesting we got flown in here to perth we landed if you know perth we let they they put us up at Cottesloe, which is a beautiful spot here it's, it's probably the best one of the better spots in perth and uh it was mid-april it was about 25 degrees i'd come out of melbourne where it was about 12 um and uh <laughs> and, and we were just swimming in the ocean and the boys were having a great time and it was like gee i think i think god's definitely <laughs> god's calling, calling me <laughs> uh that wasn't so that wasn't a hard call but anyway it um saying all that it was that i 
when we landed here, very quickly, there was a couple here called Malcolm and Cheryl Potts who ended up being to us and still are um, spiritual parents. Yes. It says uh, Paul talks about us having many teachers but not many parents, not many dads in the faith. Um, and, and I mean, I still get emotional now even talking about it, but Malcolm and, and Cheryl have been there. even knocked on our door uh, last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, it, Malcolm is no longer a pastor in the church that I was in at that time. Uh, but anyway, that we're still very good friends, and they knocked on our door because, um, as a matter of fact, my, my wife's mother is is in her last few days of life, and they oh, found wow. out about this. And, yeah, and, and come over last night, I don't even know how they found out, um, with a, a bottle of wine and a cake and just, yeah. you know, loved us just, again. Just to look after yeah. you, yeah. Just to look, just to love us, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, they've been that for, for um, yeah, sorry, I didn't think I'd get that emotional. Um, That's okay. They've been that for us for and continue to be. And yeah. they're not perfect. <laughs> they make mistakes. They'd be they'd be happy to probably sit on the front of the blunderbuss, mate, <laughs> leading it. I'm sure they'd say that. Um, but nonetheless, they've been, they've been really beautiful people for us, and and really, and Jane in that actually it was funny because Malcolm said, um, Malcolm had already said yes to me coming over, and then I had this breakdown, and it was it was Jane that Malcolm over here from Perth would would talk with a lot, Jane, because I wasn't even able to string a sentence together. And uh, he said, James, I would, I was always going to hire you on the strength of your wife. Yeah, right. Uh, and so uh, uh, I've got a good, I'm, I married up, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's a good, she's a good woman. So Jane had a lot to do with it. Jane got us to Perth. Yes. Uh, Jane, and, and it was actually Easter of 2013, I think it was. That'd be about right, where I knew I was back. You know, it was it was it was I was healthy again. Yeah. Um, and was able to preach, you know, with full um, freedom and strength and uh, in, in in and through God's grace. So, James, so, yeah. what do you do different now mm. that you you know on the other side of of mm. all of that and after that recovery mm. and whatever? What's mm. what's different in your life now? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Ed, I think what comes to mind straight away would be that I have a conversation with people like Malcolm, but I've got other coaches and mentors yes. and trusted colleagues um, pretty quickly. Yes. So I have the conversations quickly. Um, and I, because you're either going to have them on day one or day 100, it's going to come out at some point. Uh, and so I think that high accountability um I see that not as a, a thing that holds me down, but actually a thing that holds me up and gives me, um, yeah, gives me strength and, and hope and, and those things. And so just being able to have the conversation. I think the other thing that I learned too is that I was able to, I, I think what was happening to me, because I was probably in my mid-30s when that happened, yeah. I, I was learning how really why I believed what I believed and why yeah. I think the way I think. And so I was I was understanding some of the um, presuppositions that I had and the assumptions that I had about things in the world, yes. and now I'm able to th to understand that better too. So I think that I actually even learned how to think well, um, and yeah. well, better, more healthily yeah. uh, and theologically and to be able to, and be able to sort of see the sin under the sin or the, or the worldview behind the worldview. Yeah. <laughs> 
type of thing um, and uh, and understand that a whole lot more. Um, and that's also been helpful. Mm. So thinking thinking better in one sense and also better uh, accountability, better relationship, better, um, yeah, family, mm. family connections. Yes. And, James, final question. If, sure. If there was someone listening to the blunderbuss today and, yeah. you know, in all seriousness, really wasn't feeling great, you know, in their yeah. ministry role or in their work role or whatever, and maybe some of the stuff that you've talked about has has touched a bit of a nerve because you've been sure. pretty honest and, you know, yeah. thank you for for doing that. But if there was someone who was listening now who kind mm. of thought, oh, I, I definitely relate to that right now, what would you say mm. to them? I think practically sort of a pragmatic answer is to actually, and we hear this a lot, is to actually talk, start talking about yes. it. Yes. That number, that's a really important thing. Vital, vital, of course, is talk, you should be talking to someone who you can trust. Um, that's the first thing. I think the other thing is that I, uh, is for people to know that they're, um, that they're loved and that they're known. They're loved and that they're known. And whatever issue they've got, a problem that they've got, that Jesus sacrifices enough for them. Uh, he, he's enough. The gospel's enough. His grace is sufficient for us. Um, in you know, in our weakness, he is strong. Uh, and so in that suffering is also knowing that. And and and, and in all of that, we've got a, a savior who has you know, he's, he was he wept and he cried and he died and he lived and he went lower than we've ever have to because he's come from a higher place and, and all those things. And to know that there's hope, you, you don't have to be down all your life. This is God will give you the strength. He will bring, uh, I'm not saying full healing, of course, I don't know about that, but he may, but he may also just um, have a way bigger and greater plan for you and um, but he loves you and he knows you. And, and I don't know many good men and women who suffer from some of these things more deeply than me. I had an acute attack, I suppose, because it hasn't been ongoing. I, I, I don't suffer from depression or anxiety anymore. Um, but I know people who have it long-term, uh, and that's a different, probably even a different beast altogether. I don't pretend to be an expert in it, but I do know of other friends who have this as well, and, and, and it's similar advice. It's high accountability. Um, men and women who love you, uh, who know and love Jesus, uh, who will graciously give you the the the, the listening ear that you need, uh, and also just the love that you that we all need. City to City estimates that there are perhaps 3,000 Bible-based gospel-centred churches in Australia that are plateauing or declining. Just think of the potential impact if those churches could rediscover their mission and purpose to reach out to their communities with the love of Jesus. It's a massive exercise in leadership renewal. If you or your church would like to be part of that, head to citytocityaustralia.org.au and find the Revitalise Australia tab to find out more. If you've enjoyed listening to The Blunderbuss, please subscribe, rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast and also meets my personal needs for approval and affirmation. Oh, hang on. I think that was a blunder right there. Oh, well, see you next time on The Blunderbuss.